reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to the show. And it's a good one. We have uh, today President's Day. Wow. Wow, it's going fast. February 21st. I know it's family day in Canada to the Canadian listeners out there. That's a good day for you. Um, So President's Day here in America, bringing it back home. Um, You know, before we get into the tsunami recap, we want to thank the presidents. Uh, each one of them for their service. And that's commendable in itself. Um, we look at who is the best president, who's who, or who's Preston's favorite president. How about that? And I guess there's a lot of ways you can go. There's so many different presidents to choose from. You know, uh, I hate to tell people this, but LBJ is real close to the top of my list. And definitely when I was younger, before I really got in, got deep into history and really got to knowing each of the presidents and and their backgrounds and uh, what they did, uh, how their time was spent in the office. You know, it's, it's a little bit deeper than just saying, well, Ronald Reagan is my favorite president because yes, Reagan was a good president. Um, but, uh, misfortune fell upon him and, he carried out his remaining years in the White House, and those were not very good years for the country. Um, but they were better than what the country had been experiencing, and Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon. But you have to take into account that these were different times, very different times. And I like to look back to the early, early years in, in the roaring 20s. And there's a figure that kind of stands out. And I feel like he's just got a bad name. He got a bad rep. But he was a good president. And that was President Harding. And uh, William G. was a good president. Um, He had the economy booming uh, better than it had been in uh, many people's lifetimes during those years. Not only was the economy booming, um, he had a great handle of uh at, at home of what was going on here and he did a really good job of pursuing things that made the country stronger from within and you had that in president trump and it seems like we've gotten away from that we've gotten away from wanting to get the factories going we've gotten away from all of these different things under our current president biden and it's it's actually sad um, that we've come this far to getting away from the things that made us so great. Um, and, and I think that's the highlight of President's Day. The call is on today, as it was when Reagan was elected, for a transformational leader. Technology is intertwined in our society. Um, it has become a utility more than a recreation. Um, I mean, 
with that being said, the call is on for a transformational leader. And not to get too far off today's topic or today's point, but it's good to respect the presidents, respect who ran the affairs of the country, who's seen to the business with other countries, and who's making the making the calls, who's calling the shots right now. Um, it's 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 important to respect that person, and I think we've lost track of that because of social media, because it's easier to. Be hateful and mean than it is to be nice and kind. And I think that's something in society that's also come about because of the progressives. But I mean, that that is what it is. And that's a topic for a different day. But I would say my favorite president. Out of every president I've read about, every president I've studied, and I've studied them all. I'd really have to say Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge is, is definitely my favorite president. And you know, when you get all these different sayings and these different figures of speech, they start with Calvin Coolidge when you're talking about, oh, he thinks he's cool. Oh, he thinks he's this or he thinks he's that. Calvin Coolidge, he was, in a way, the model president. How. Henry Ford had the Model T. Uh, Calvin Coolidge was the model president. The economy thrived under him. He defended the founders' principles. He gave a speech, the Declaration, uh, the inspiration of the uh, Declaration speech, July 5th, 1926. And it was a speech that's still remembered to this day. I encourage you to go listen to it. He didn't run for re-election in 1928. And uh, that's when this country really got away from the the greatness uh, of the economy. And it would return. Um, and the economy would really fail under Herbert Hoover from 1929 to 1933. And I think after um, the rise of the stock market and the crash of the stock market, then is what you're seeing as uh, last week was uh, a bloody Thursday on the stock market. That's going to be remembered for a long time. <clears throat> and I think that's part of this environment we live in. Now. I think it's part of the culture we live in. We're going to see great booms in the economy and you're going to see a lot of struggles in the economy. And until we get a really good handle uh, on that, I, I think you're going to continue to see a lot of the same problems with the stock market. You're going to get very good days. You're going to get very bad days. And a lot of times those bad days are wiping out the good days. When the New Deal came about with President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, President FDR, it was really unsure of what that new deal was going to be it it wasn't even until fdr's second term we got the social security act passed in his first four years he, he didn't even scratch that so it, it took a lot uh to get this country back on track and the new deal was kind of a a trap door and if too much weight fell on that trap door it was gonna 
it was going to give. And and I and that's really what, what happened with the New Deal. The reason I liked LBJ was because he oversaw the civil rights bill uh, and getting that passed, something that Kennedy wouldn't do, um, something that we really don't know if he, he wanted to do. He was investigating Martin Luther King. Uh, he was dealing with foreign interest a lot more than the national interest of the common man and woman um, and the working family. And it was a time where people were burned out from war. Um, And and not only that, but uh, the Cold War was really testing uh, this country as well as testing the world. You know, if if you go ask people who are from that era, they'll tell you that every day they were being told that Russia was going to drop bombs. They'll tell you that. They'll tell you that every day they were being told that Russia was going to drop bombs. We see that same type of rhetoric with Russia and Ukraine. I've gone on the record. I've talked about it. But see, when I talk about it, it's against war. It's for no more war. No new wars. And I stand by that and the people who have experienced war don't want any war i'd say the new deal wasn't fully implemented until lbj got in there and yes there was a lot of time in between there but what we're missing is that a lot of the programs a lot of the ideas that fdr had weren't expanded nationally for a long time Lawsuits, court cases, Supreme Court uh, intervening. Um, A lot of things didn't hold up in the New Deal. A lot of of programs were canceled out. LBJ kind of made sure everything got funded. He made sure all these different governmental organizations were getting the money they needed to do the jobs that they were assigned to do and um, help boost all these different programs that FDR had created. So LBJ was kind of the one that funded the New Deal. FDR was the one that passed it. But I still look at, you know, prior to that, in our early years in this country, and you look at who put this all on track, who got this going, who made this appealing, who did this and wasn't loud about it, wasn't obnoxious about it, just did it like it was the way it should be. And that was President Harding. And yes, he got a bad deal. There was um, shady dealings going down um, with some oil oil, uh, oil companies um, under his administration's watch. But um, it was never directly linked to him. It, it was just one of those things where he was the president. It happened on, in his administration. Uh, people he had appointed were doing some dirty deeds and uh, that all came to light uh, after Harding was already passed away. After long after he was passed away, and uh, these accusations arose, and they kind of marred his record. They, you know what I mean. And, and he's not given the credit. Uh, I really, truly believe he deserves for giving Coolidge a platform for bolstering uh, the economy. In a time where the country needed to shake off uh, the bitterness that uh, has car- that carried over from the 1800s, 
they carried over from uh, Andrew Johnson's uh, mishandling of the presidency. And although, you know, we respect each president uh, and commend them for their service, a lot of presidents uh, are, are better than others. You know, President McKinley, William H. McKinley, when he came in after Andrew Johnson, he started commanding the office again. Theodore Roosevelt, President Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, he began commanding the respect of the office. You know, no one had really done that since Abraham Lincoln. Andrew Johnson did a lousy job with it. Kind of set the presidents up after that to really not have too much too much success in, in uh, allowing the expansion of, of government under Andrew Johnson. And he, he didn't think that would last. So you could almost say Andrew Johnson was the worst president we've ever had because he he in initially allowed the government to expand. But we still respect him. Still, you know, pray that people will learn uh, from from this these mistakes um, that then go into government as a as a job as a role. Roosevelt was a good president, but I'm always careful to say that's my favorite president because it seemed like he was also worried about a lot more than the presidency. He was a huge hunter, huge hunter slash conservationist, you should say. He was big on consumer protections. He wanted people to be protected from uh, companies, but he didn't want to break the companies up. He didn't he didn't want to get involved in the free enterprise system. He wanted to let that work itself out. So from that point, the economy was good under Roosevelt. And when he put Taft in there, Taft was just known for being a big business trust buster. He wasn't a real progressive. He actually became a Republican later on. Uh, Roosevelt, when he decided to step down and go on this long hunting expedition in Africa, like I said, uh, he's an avid hunter. He created his own party. Remember the Bull and Moose Party? He learned in history. Um, he wasn't nominated by the Republicans. Uh, and then that split the vote among the Republicans. And then we got President Woodrow Wilson. What the problem with Woodrow Wilson was, he uh, was too tax happy. And he put in a lot of commissions that in a lot of ways weren't necessary. Um, they were more of staples of his administration, kind of things that held the pages together that made him look presidential made him look proper and it's you know as i have learned it's good for you to learn that wilson and roosevelt did not pursue social justice at all neither one of them did and it's good to know this in black history month he supported uh segregation he was born uh, uh in, in uh, virginia where it was complicated and uh wilson wanted you know the white slave owners that were slave owners that were now farmers or um, now plantation owners that were still in a lot of ways helping the North rise in power. He wanted them to have their rules down there and he didn't want to go down there and, and, and making a mess of their laws. Uh, and he rejected national rights. Uh, so Wilson was a strange man. 
he was he was a good president in the sense that he was professional. He was uh, a short-sighted man in the sense that he didn't get a handle on racial segregation earlier. And that didn't come during those days um, when it, when it should have. Um, and, and there's not to say there weren't people pushing for this. Obviously we know there was, but uh, it's important to know that when world war one came, the United States entered in 1917. This country had no problem coming together. Um, and and Wilson, he had to kind of get that figured out. He kind of had to get a handle on that. Henry Lodge is a figure you hear in the, uh, in history. And Henry Lodge was a senator that helped thwart Wilson's efforts from getting these 14 plans done, really rallying against the League of Nations idea. And uh, they came uh, someone on the Democrat ticket, James Cox. That's when Warren G. Harding comes into the picture. So this is why I have so much respect for Harding is because he listened to his advisors like Andrew Mellon, Secretary of the Treasury, who had a sharp view of the economy. And taxes went from 77% to 24% for businesses and 4% to 0.5% for people. Um, the economy grew 42% in the 1920s at an average rate of GDP was 47 It hasn't been that uh, under Biden. National debt was split in half. The national debt uh, was, was counted at that time. Uh, this is when Henry Ford rose to prominence in the 1920s, honing the assembly line. And uh, three years later, President Harding passed in office August 2nd, 1923. And that's when we get Calvin Coolidge. So there's the, your history lesson for the day. So when you ask me what presidents do I think are the best. I think everybody goes to Lincoln. I think that's a good one. I think Lincoln is definitely one of the best presidents. And he could very well be the best president we've ever had. I think George Washington deserves respect because of what he had to endure and what he was able to accomplish. And we shouldn't uh, hold these things against these men or hold anything against them because you have to remember these were different times. There was different fundamentals in society. There were different rules. There were different laws. There were different ways people thought. Um, there was different education. And, and the culture, the habits, everything was different. So to compare yourself to those times is not doing yourself a favor. It's not being fair to yourself. You have to con compare your, You have to contrast yourself to that situation. You have to say, look, I see where they went wrong. I see their shortcomings of Woodrow Wilson. I see the shortcomings of Andrew Johnson. I see the shortcomings of Jimmy Carter. And now I can better myself because I know of these men's shortcomings and, and how, what they were short-sighted on seeing. And now I can look a little bit farther out with a little bit bigger picture. It starts with Calvin Coolidge for me. And then it, start, and then it goes to Abraham Lincoln. Then it goes to uh, George Washington. Then I would say Har uh, Harding. And then I would say uh, 
LBJ. And the reason I say that is because, you know me, I'm a conservative. LBJ was able to put the presidency in the, in the right perspective. And I don't agree with everything he did. And it may not even be that I agree with a lot of what he did. It's just the fact of how he conducted his business. I'm a, I was a fan of that. And I didn't get to see that, but I've, that's a, that's history. That is something that has popped, stood out to me, popped out to me a little bit more. And that's, you know, just from documentaries and reading and things, but one of the best work ethics and, and ran himself ragged, uh, working with the Congress where Kennedy didn't work with the Congress at all. Wasn't really good working with the Congress. Uh, that, that didn't, uh, suit him very well. It didn't suit Nixon well. It didn't suit Reagan well in his second term. There were a lot of presidents that, that had trouble with the Congress. There were a lot of presidents that had trouble with the Supreme Court, like Thomas Jefferson. So I think that we get into that debate of how do you judge somebody? How do you pick somebody as your favorite president? You don't have to. I just think it's fun to. That's all. Just having fun. And history is fun. Let us not forget. And on this day, President's Day, Family Day in Canada, I hope you enjoyed this small lesson about the presidents of the greatest nation in the world, the United States of America. And I'll be back after this. Let's start Toonami off with the best anime on Toonami right now, Shin Mew. And this was a good episode of Shin Mew, the animation, and I really appreciated it. Um, they really hit the right part in this episode, Yin Yang. And I think that, I think we all agree on that, don't we? That this was the best episode on there um it's gonna be hard to outdo it they, they find out what the dang mirror was the phoenix mirror then you see this jang food company doing this dirty business they might be behind this mirror leading Arayu's father's killer now that's something um that was really good a villain returns and he's kicking some some butt man they they stumble on the mad angels and the writers really laid out for you so by the end of this episode they're ready to leave japan go to hong kong it's time to get to the bottom of this china here we come so you're everybody's excited for that we get we're going out of japan we're going to china i don't know how much excited we'd be today about that but in this anime during this time it's a good time to be doing this. So they're going, they're going ahead. They're going right up in there. You know, one of the villains returns. So I like that. Um, five star episode. Can't go wrong with that Shin Mew. Ryu's your best character. There's good dialogue. Um, it's not slow. It's got a good pace to it. So definitely like that episode. Attack on Titan is a good one. Episode 76, Sneak Attack. At the end of the last episode, Judgment, 
the call is on for a transformational leader of the Titans. And, and you get a good sneak attack in this episode. Some help arrives. And it really works out. It really happens for the protagonist in this this show here. And uh, the fight is a pretty good one, I'd say, um, to open open the show up with. The rest of the show is a little bit more talking than I would like. So I'd say four stars ep- episode on this one. I want a little more action. First two episodes of Toonami. Let's start off with a bang. Shinmu did good. Yin Yang. A little bit more chill episode, but the fighting was good and the talking, the dialogue was good. Then on Attack on Titan. Um, I'm sorry, it's episode 77. Sneak Attack. Not 76, but 77. 76 is Judgment. That you have to just take it for what it is. And, uh, it's a, it's a really, uh, fun anime and, uh, you don't really want to miss that one. Uh, because, it's going to be hard to pick up from that. I mean, later on, if you're not watching it now. And in short about that episode, it's really the Beast Titan joins the fray, but General Maggoth is determined to take him down. Meanwhile, with the city in flames, Colt and Gabby rush to rescue Falco, who's held captive by the Jaegerist. And uh, that's a really good episode one of the better ones of attack of titan i've seen it's pretty freaky but it's really good it keeps your attention and uh my favorite character out of that episode was aaron aaron was my favorite character on tv time he's got 56 percent of the vote on tv time in that episode then we get cosmo samurai 2 episode 1 the premiere of cosmo samurai 2 like there was a Cosmo Samurai 1 I didn't know about, I guess. But yeah, Cosmo Samurai 2. Good job. Wasn't long. Was like like a flash and it was gone. Like you would have got up and made a, a coffee out of your Keurig and you would have missed that whole thing. So it was cool. We're looking forward to the, the next part this week. It was good. It wasn't like... Oh wow, this is something uh, I can't miss. It was just like, you know, a lot of people don't even know that even premiered. So you missed out on that one. I have to go watch a clip of that or something on Adult Swim to understand what I'm talking about. But it was in Japanese, so you had to read the subs. Um, and if you don't like reading subtitles, you wouldn't like that part. But if you don't, it wasn't that long though, so it wouldn't have been that bad. But that, that's gonna bring us to One Piece one. Now I got something to say about that when we get there. I'm holding my breath right now. Next, I like to go in order of how the shows got played. Cause that's how you watch it, so it makes sense. So when we get to Assassination Classroom episode 31, round two time. Round two time, boy. And, I like this assassination classroom episode. But at the same time, you're like, okay, this is good. But why do they like want to, why do, why are they all preparing to kill the teacher? What is that about? That's some weird storyline in there. Uh, my favorite ca- character in that one was, Nagasaki, um, 
four star episode it was tense some tense moments in that the students consider their future career options Nagisa I call her Nagasaki but Nagisa struggles to come to terms with his talent meanwhile his mother has her own plans for him and she has a good part doesn't she where she comes in there and lights a fire under the teacher's ass because he's not gonna let her go to a different school or something like that like teacher would be able to decide that or something i guess over there that's how they do it it was all weird it was just that you know i don't want to say it was like okay this is a bad episode it was a you know i guess look that was a four-star episode of assassination classroom not the best one i've seen though um they just had a pretty good one two episodes ago but this one four stars but i was ready for it to end you know I was like happy when it began and by the time we got to the mom angry mom part I'm like okay I'm ready for this to end then we get to Made in Abyss episode 6 Seeker Camp and it's good if you're on this ride for Made in Abyss right now because it is a ride and it's been a bumpy one but sometimes those end up being some of your favorite shows that don't start off well um Made in Abyss, episode six, Seeker Camp. And they're at this camp with uh Ozen. She's a weird, freaky lady. She's hanging out in the woods in the inverted forest that they're in, which is really cool. Reg and Rico make it to the Seeker Camp where they meet Ozen, the immovable, the person who saved Rico all those years ago uh, with her mom. But there is more to Ozen than meets the eye. Yeah, Ozen's a, a, a creeper. Um, she's out here. She's got like a like a slave slash servant kid there, and then like uh, like there's a there's something about their whistles. They have the whistles to kind of show their rank, so they have to change the red whistles in for blue whistles to show that you know to not you know intimidate the other kids there or whatever. They hang out there. Have a good time. And then it's time to go off and deal with the real deal stuff. So that episode wasn't hard hitting. You know what I mean? It wasn't a hard hitting episode. It's kind of them hanging out in a room. And they got this lady walking, you know, around being weird. And there's some creepy monster in there. So four stars because I've, I've been harsh on this show. And it wasn't the worst episode. Um. So yeah, four star episode. I'm not gonna give five stars. It wasn't worth five stars. It was worth four stars because it was good, and it kept Toonami going, kept the flow going. So that's that's all I cared about at that point, at 1:30 uh, in the morning. So, and we got to One Piece episode 525, Lost in the Deep Sea. The Straw Hats get separated. Good episode. Very good episode. Thank you, One Piece. Um. How do you not like One Piece? People be like, I don't like One Piece. Well, then they don't like you. Because One Piece is a good, good show. And they're undersea, cruising around. And there is some disaster going on down here. Big, big, mean fish down there. Uh, The commentary is good. It was just an all-around good episode. It's going to bring me to my point. 
uh, about this whole uh, show on Toonami. Luffy battles the Kraken Sea Octopus Monster with his newly acquired elephant gun. Zoro helps out with his new sword technique and Sanji contributes with his new dribble jump. The trio beats the Kraken and follows a shark named Megalo to the Fishman Islands. The rest of the Straw Hats battle more sea monsters, including Ankoro, who wants to eat them. And that's the just of the episode. That's That takes up the entire episode. Luffy's the best character in there. He's got the best lines and uh, in this episode. Frankie's always creeping. They're always, they're always a creeper in one of these shows. And Frankie's a creeper in this episode. But I, I mean, it was a five-star episode because of the undersea bubble that they're in is really good. It's really, really good. And just so you know, this is season 15. Episode 10 is the next episode. Undersea volcanic eruption sailing to fisherman's island really good in one piece um but here's the problem they don't need back-to-back episodes of one piece there's a channel on pluto tv that runs a 24-hour one piece stream um i think funimation has it on there for free i mean we don't need two episodes of one piece like can we be a little bit more creative so five-star episode i was thrilled with it uh, Robin was my favorite character out of there. Her lines were funny. But Chopper is a little bit annoying in that episode. It's like, okay, Chopper, enough with the crying and the baby and about the flying Dutchman. You know, it's like, we get it. But uh, One Piece is a show, like, they're still making episodes for this show. Um, So they're still doing One Piece. But this episode, let's just kind of talk about this for a second. The background. The Flying Dutchman shows up and Vanderdeck and tells Watatsumi to crush the thousand sunny, but then the Kraken beats Watatsumi. The volcano erupts and the pirates run from it. Sarume jumps off a cliff and some big store stones are about to crush them, but Usopp stops them for a while with his new move, Sargasso. But when they are celebrating their survival, a rock hit Sarume's head made it faints as they descending to the depths of the cliff at the bottom of the cliff they find fishermen and that's the entire episode right there in a nutshell and it's pretty good um can't go wrong with it but we don't need i'd rather have just some slide in something else like even a Yu-Gi-Oh episode would be nice like play it from the original you know what I mean? Like something. There's there's an opportunity there. You have an opportunity at 2.30 in the morning uh, to not play back-to-back one pieces. Then we get to Naruto Shippuden, episode 377. Naruto vs. Mecha Naruto. And Mecha Naruto is a beast, boy. So this is a five-star episode. Because you always like those versus episodes. You always like those battles. Uh, we always like those battles. You got to give credit to Toonami for playing Shippuden. You know what I mean? And not playing the other Naruto, but playing Shippuden, um, which I think is the better one. Um, and it's just such a deep show. It just goes on for so long. But a really good episode. Well done. Big credit to them. Crunchyroll. Adult Swim have a good connection. And the battle's very important here. It's important to know the battle. 
is huge here. Uh, Gara's huge in this episode. Naruto, of course. It's the part two of a special two-part show. The townspeople are going about their business. They're in the Leaf Village. Someone suddenly appears and starts sending them flying, and then it's on from there. Um, like I said, Mecha Naruto's a beast. So, I definitely am a fan of that. Fan of that episode. Uh, by this time, I was dead tired. You get to My Funny Valentine, which would have been perfect if it landed on last week on Sunday, but it's okay. It's also a movie called My Funny Valentine, um, if you've seen that one. Unfortunately, I think I have, but uh, Cowboy Bebop, episode 15, My Funny Valentine is one of those that is in the hall of fame uh, animes five stars I was thrilled with it uh, Faye I like Faye in this episode I just like her she just doesn't give a shit I just like that attitude from her Jet brings in a fugitive from Faye's past the rebellious beauty must decide whether to turn him in or give an old flame one chance and there's some good jokes in this episode. Yeah, she was like, says something about like being born in 1994 or something. It's like, okay. And I got her by a few years. You know what I mean? I got a few years on you. It's all right. You'll catch up. What is a good way to end Toonami? And it's a good way to end the recap. I always have loved Cowboy Bebop. It's always been one of those shows I've cherished, like since I was a kid. That and Trigun. Um, definitely the top of my list for animes um and then uh, we're gonna just hit a break here come back gonna review 1883 and the new episode that just appeared uh yesterday that you should go check out and it was an epic of just mass proportions such a wonderful episode uh, Racing Clouds, episode 9 of 1883. I'll be capping that right after the break. Thanks for staying with me this far. Eighteen eighty three, episode 9. Racing Clouds. And a great episode here. Um for us fans as you get to see everybody's character find uh, a, a little bit of a light here everybody kind of hits a stride in this great episode you have uh, basically the main character of this show come to the front and center and that's uh, Elsa Dutton and her character really comes to the front and center in this show but everybody plays a, a major role in, in the main cast. Um, Shay Brennan is, has this monumental task of getting these people across the Great Plains. They don't speak English well. They, most of them don't know it. They have all these, you know, other machinations with them that it's hard for them to part with. Um, and, you know, James Dutton, he is, just content with his 
just getting his family there. But he's sort of drawn in to helping these people now because he doesn't want them to, you know, uh, die. He doesn't want them to, to suffer a, gr- a gruesome fate. And Shea Brennan, you know, he's a hard, hard man. He wants people to work for what they have. Having less is more, you know. And, and Margaret Dutton, she plays a, a great mother in this episode. Uh, she has a part where she tells Elsa to their daughter to put on a dress because they're going to the fort. And if they go to the fort dressed as an Indian, there's going to be problems. You know what I mean? So like when that happens, it's like a good mother daughter fight. And then, uh, they end up fighting with Indians while she's in a dress. And, and that's a whole nother part of the episode. Uh, LaMonica Garrett is Thomas. Uh, and Thomas character really has a, a great part where these bandits have, uh, killed these Indians, left them, you know, it's basically just a a merciless killing. They showed no mercy at all. And uh, these bandits killed these Indians, and, and basically anybody around that's white is going to get blamed for this uh, when the Indians find this, and the Native American tribe rolls up on them. So Elsa and the rest of the crew are getting this cattle, are, get, are getting... Uh, up to the fort because they know that trouble is going to be coming. So Shay, James, Thomas roll out and they go and kill these bandits, these raiders. Now, while that's happening, the Indians find this wagon train moving after they've seen their dead. And uh, they are basically they kill the main guy who wanted to leave and not wait for uh, Shay, James, and Thomas, they 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 kill him. Cookie, the the cook, uh, they kill him. He was the first one that wanted to go to the fort. It was a, about a six hour ride uh, from where they were on horse. So Thomas's part really is huge. Where he said, you know, you don't you don't have the right to to play God. You don't have the right to act like God. And that's a, it's a huge part. Um, it makes a, makes a big impact before he wipes them off. Um, and then just, the the shooting part where, uh, James is like, I'm going to go up the middle and Shay and, uh, Thomas go on the outsides. And that's how they get rid of all these. Uh, bandits, these rustlers that fight in the night. And they know they fight in the night. That's why James says early in the episode that, you know, rustlers fight at night, so we'll catch them in the daylight. And that's what's exactly what they do. Well, while this is all happening, like I said, the wagon train is being caught up. The Indians think that they're fighting uh, the actual people that killed these Native Americans, but they didn't. And that does come to light when Elsa uh, is watching people being slaughtered and they're fighting back, but they're being pretty easily uh, wiped out. Although they do clip quite a few Native Americans in the in the scene, but uh, most of them are being wiped out. Colton is there helping. Wade's there. Or, yeah, Wade's there helping. Um, they have good parts. And uh, the Indians are, you know, they, the Native Americans roll up and do their thing. 
they think they're getting the, they think they're doing a righteous kill here. And uh, these people are fighting for their lives. Elsa is basically almost about to be killed. And the Indian basically says, no, we'll, we're going to sell you. We're going to sell you. And she says, you know, she grabs one of the dead people's guns and, and uh, is about to shoot this Indian. And he shoots an arrow through her uh, stomach. And uh, she shoots him. And that guy, uh, that guy dies. And then kind of their leader rolls up. And he's about to kill her. And uh, she grabs another weapon. She's going to do something with it. And he just says, you know, something to her. And she responds in the Native American tongue in their language. And uh, she learned that from uh, the previous episode, the previous two episodes. And uh, so it's good how they intertwine that. It's good how they intertwined God. It's good how they intertwined not mocking God into the episode too, with a conversation that come up between James Dutton and the chief of the, uh, this tribe. Um, and she kind of says, you know, you know, he says, how do you learn that? She said, from my husband, who's your husband? And she said, Comanche. And he, and he, and the Indian kind of laughs. He says, you fight like Comanche and he leaves her alone. And he tells his people right off. Cause Elsa tells them it wasn't us that did that. My father went, uh, you know, these other people to kill the people who did this to your people. So then he said, okay, I'll, you know, because we'll easily ride back up on you. So he went, they went and checked and it was true. Yeah. They, they did set out and, and kill the bandits, kill the wrestlers. So it's a very powerful episode, but ultimately the show, uh, you can tell, at least for one character, maybe coming to a close, and that is the star, Elsa Dutt. Um, when she has the arrow through her stomach and they break it off, um, now it's a matter of infection. So they have to ride to the camp. They have medicine that can help. But will it be in time to stop the infection? Because the mornings come, they're close to camp, but she has a fever, which means that it's infected. So we can only hope for her character's safety pray for her character's safety and we'll see what happens but it's a dramatic turn of events where episode 9 racing clouds ends where episode 1 really began um, and, and that is something to be said for this show 1883 well done Taylor Sheridan you have to give him so much credit for uh, representing the Native American people in a righteous way, um, in an accurate portrayal of how they would handle these situations. And it's it's going to be hard to ever find a Western to do that the way Sheridan has done that in Yellowstone, but the way... Um, you know, in, in the way storytelling is done in Yellowstone, but the way that this has been set up in 1883 is just a wonderful uh, show. And you should definitely tune in to the next episode, episode 10. But episode 9, Racing Clouds, is worth a watch and a rewatch. And uh, it stands uh, as a testament of what a great story should look like uh, and a one of a kind. Well done. Five-star episode, Racing Clouds. One of the more wild 
parts of that episode was when Wade rolls up on a lady and she's mad out of her mind, basically, because they're trying to help all the people that have been run off and got got scattered from when the Indians were attacking. And this lady's been scalped in her head and arrows shot in her and she's running around mad. And he just puts her out of her misery. Colton does. And uh, Shay rolls up like, you know, basically gives him a, a life lesson. Like, don't question it. You made the call. Whether it was good or bad, you made the call. Own that shit. And I think like that's just how we need to be. You know what I mean? Good or bad, you own it, learn from it, move on. And and that was a, a great moment in the show that shouldn't be overlooked. And I'd say the most touching moment and the most fitting moment in this episode was when they're taking the arrow out of Elsa, as I mentioned earlier. And she says, I swear it doesn't hurt. I promise it doesn't hurt. And that was because, simply put, and I admit, I said this in on TV time on the app, and it's dated and commented there uh, under this episode, that she was living in pain from the loss of Ennis, her husband-to-be, the loss of Sam, who she wanted to basically leave her family for before he wouldn't allow it. Um, and there's something to be said for her character and how, uh, great of an actress, uh, she is and how, how well that role's being played out in Elsa Dutton. Definitely go watch this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night and God bless everyone.